you're listening to Left of the Dial. I'm your host, Kitsy, and with me, as always, is the unfadable Caleb Coy. Good morning. Wait, no, it's evening. It's, Hi. I don't know where Hello. you are. It's morning here. It's, no, it, it's no, evening it's here. Not. I just say <laughs> it's, it's I just, later there. I just woke up from a nap. Excuse me. <laughs> it's always morning if you if you sleep at the right times. Like okay, I'm, sure. I'm not sure that's how that works. I don't know what that means. <laughs> so we're just gonna keep going. Uh, we have a couple guests this week. Uh, those of you who are familiar with Riverby may know uh, Tyler and Doug, but uh, they're in another band called the Tisberries, and that's who they are here. Uh, representing today. So please welcome Tyler and Doug from the Tisburys. How's thanks it going? For thanks so much. For, yeah, thanks yeah. for having us. Thanks Appreciate for being it. here. This is awesome. Yeah. And it's uh, it's very timely that y'all are here because uh, this podcast episode comes out on a Friday, uh, which is, you know, it doesn't matter what the date is. 20, no, not the 21st. That's tomorrow. It's uh, coming up soon, though. It's coming up soon. It's the next Friday after we record this, which isn't meaningful for people listening. The 25th, Friday the yes. 25th. <laughs> Uh, but the 26th, uh, tomorrow, as of the release of this episode, y'all will be in the studio doing a Left of the Dial live session. We will. Yeah. We're very excited. And, and thank you for having us for that, too. We are yeah. very excited to have you for that as well. Uh, very excited. And uh, I we can just jump right into it. You can hear uh, songs such as the one we heard coming into this podcast. I assume you'll play that at the, uh, at the live session. Uh, yeah. And the song that we heard was the uh, first song off of your latest record, uh, which is called Sun Goes Down. And the track is called Fade Away. Yeah, um, it kicks off the the record. Um, when we first started, we first started recording this last album, Sun Goes Down. It was originally going to be like a five or six song EP. And then um, I ended up writing a bunch more, like when everything shut down. We had started recording like the rhythm stuff for everything. Mm -hmm when the pandemic hit. And then I like kind of got a creative burst and wrote like three or four more songs that fit into the theme of the record. And we kind of started building it out. And Fade Away was like one of the first ones that kind of kicked it off. And it was, it came about like in a day and I was like, oh, I really like this song. It's got like good replacementy energy and just like driving bar rock, which is kind of what we do. And um, mm -hmm. it just felt like a, a kick, a great kickoff track. And- uh, What's it about? Um, death. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> the passage of time, um, which is kind of what the whole sun goes down thing is about too, which is, uh, like reckoning with past things. I don't know. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm glad specifically that you mentioned replacements cause that solo, that's the first thing that I thought of. I was like, this is a very like <laughs> yeah. replacements and by extension, Johnny Resnick and by extension, my brother <laughs> sort of solo. Uh, so that, that, uh, chain of influences is definitely there. Which is the namesake of your podcast too, correct? So yes. I think we're in the right place. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, you, you have come to the right place for sure. Yeah, and it's funny because John, who plays that solo, is probably the least familiar with the replacements, but I think <laughs> he has similar energy to Bob Stinson. So uh, he likes it when you teach him the songs on stage before we play them. We're yeah, we do that a lot. Yeah. A lot of, <laughs> lot of uh, curveballs or live yeah. Tisburys, which nice. is the Mats did that too, right? It oh was yeah, like, yeah. So so can we expect some replacements level chaos in the studio uh, I, this weekend? Uh, like tepid replacements like all shook down maybe okay um yeah <laughs> okay that'll work so i i've completely derailed myself now i'm so sorry um what else what else you guys got going on <laughs> um you know we also play in riverby which has been pretty exciting and we have what a release for the tisberries coming out july 1st do you yeah. know we have a single yeah we're nice. putting out a song it's like kind of like a another pandemic era. I was just like, let's keep writing. Let's keep putting stuff out. So yeah, it's a little more like post punky or new wave, I guess. Cause it's like all drum machines on the drums. Cause, um, it's just, it was what was easier to do during this time. Like a lot of home recording. So sure. That's yeah. Tear us no, apart. It's, it's coming out July 1st is the name of the song. So it's awesome. That's can, soon. Can we expect to hear that song in the, uh, live session, uh, on Saturday? Not that one, but we uh, are going to do a different new song for the live session. Okay. So, yeah. Just Very cool. Like I said, throwing curveballs. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. I love it. I love curveballs. Um, yeah. 
so you mentioned doing a lot of home recording during during the pandemic. Have you all been able to actually get together and play at all? Or is this going to be like your first time back in, in the saddle, so to speak? For Tisbury's, yes. Riverby, we kind of, we would meet our, our uh, friend, Justin Nazario, who produced both the Riverby record and the Tisbury's record. He lives in, uh, over in uh, Delaware County, and we were able to go and record with him once things felt like safe and like we were a little more like we did a lot of stuff remotely and then like last fall or we were like going in and tracking more stuff and um so riverby we've been definitely playing together more so but this will be like the first tisbury's thing other than we did a live stream for the album release in october it's interesting you say that though because what is the difference between riverby and the tisbury's <laughs> just john being there as far as the people practicing that's true. So, and also John lives in Brooklyn. So, yeah, um, that makes it tough. Yeah. So, this will be the first time we've seen him since probably October. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. Wow. But he's great. He, he'll, he'll get it. He's a savant. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Although the least familiar with the replacements, as you said. Yeah. <laughs> so, maybe, maybe that helps. <laughs> I don't know. It keeps it fresh because he's just excited to hear a new song every time we play it. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's always cool. It's it's always good to have that person that's just like, yeah, new song. This is awesome. <laughs> you know, that like getting that fresh perspective, but then also being the cheerleader for it is always nice. I'm kind of curious, and and uh, hopefully we'll we'll get into this the, as you talk about more tracks on the the record. But uh, you, know, you specifically call it the the replacements, which I, I recognized from the the solo. Um, I was doing some just quick Google searching around just to to learn a bit of more as we got started, and uh, saw an article. Uh, making a comparison to Husker Du. Uh, and I'm just kind of curious, like, overall, what you feel like is, like, coming out musically from, you know, like, your influences on this record. I would, I mean, it's funny they said Husker Du, because I would say it's totally more sugar from the, the Mould, Mouldiverse. Okay. Um, okay. Like, uh, there's a song where, I don't think it's one we're talking about today, but it's Broken Wing, which is, like, yep. We kind can of talk a, about it. Uh, yeah, uh, but it's like kind of a total ripoff of um, what's the big sugar hit? Uh, don't oh. want to say you're lonely or something. What's don't want to know if you're lonely? It? Yes. Yeah. Um, it's it's like this close to being a hundred percent, not a hundred percent ripoff, but um, <laughs> it's definitely an influence, is what I'm saying. Um, right on. And I've never been a stranger to like wearing influences on my sleeve. Like I kind of you know, kind of steer into the skid with that kind of stuff. Um. Oh yeah, Doug. What do you th what do you think? As far as influences on the most recent record, or what's coming out that we, I mean, are gonna... both really. Yeah. Well, I think the newer stuff feels a lot. I mean, I don't say we're ever trying to be like Fontaine's DC, but there's kind of that element where they're a fun band. But then there's just this electronic element, which I don't un don't know the band because I'm a little bit older than my bandmates, but I think you talk about like the 1975, right? Yeah, me, August and I definitely indulge in that band more than you do. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, just that um, kind of not staying in one lane thing where it's like you can kind of do like something a little more electronically and then do a little things more a little bar bandy. And like, I think like Arcade Fire is a big one for me too. And they kind of do that as well, where it's like, mm -hmm. oh, you... There's not, it's long, it's the voice that really matters. It's like, and then the context, like you can kind of pick apart influences here and there from other things that make it like a more exciting melting pot, I think. Now, admittedly, Kitsy put this idea in my head, but I, I think I would have picked up on it uh, regardless. Uh, but there's, uh, it, it feels kind of like a high intensity or high energy Tom Petty in a lot of these tracks. Yeah. Kind of yeah, a similar vibe. I mean, the the first track that we heard, "Fade Away," was a I think a good example of that. Mm -hmm. And I think yeah, that that one's definitely very petty. And I think "Fading Light," which is the next one we're going to talk about, is like very much a petty esque song. I went down to the storefront, baby, to pick up a pair of shoes, so I could run back home to you.
was that was the one where listening through this for the first time. By the time I got that third track, Fading Light, I, I was like, yeah, this is very, very big Tom Petty energy. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's that bar bandy like uh, five people, like two guitars, like organ, and um, yeah. Neat. <laughs> so wait, so so hold on. There there are five people in in the Hisberries. Sometimes, uh, <laughs> sometimes, but like I'm I'm playing organ on the the tracks, which is like that's like my like perfect idea of a band, which is like that five piece. Yeah. Like you have to have keys. Like yeah, I sure, love, love that. It. Love it. But the keys, we only really like, we have like a couple different friends who will come in and fill on out on keys. Like if, if it's like a big gig, like say we're playing World Cafe or Milk Boy or something, it's like, oh, let's get someone to fill out the sound a little more. But for small time deals like Left the Die Live, not going to bother. Is that, uh, is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like pandemic things and like, like Dawson Street Pub, which is like our home base. We'll just go do that. We'll do that as like a trio. Like Okay. Nice. I think yeah. what Tyler's trying to say is it's been tough to have the regular Tisbury's rodeo of who's showing up and who's playing what <laughs> during fair. the pandemic because we have to kind of clear that they have, you know, had a vaccine, that they haven't been in contact. It's been a lot easier to just pick, okay, you four, we're okay. Then, yeah. And I think that's why we've been able to record so much music during this time because it so happened that there's so much bleed between the bands we're in, so it feels safer that way, or it has been. Mm-hmm. Nah. Good, good save, Doug. Good save. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I try. <laughs> so uh, I was poking around uh, on your Bandcamp page, which I'll, I'll make sure to link in the show notes for anyone who wants to uh, help uh, financially support as well as listen to the music. Uh, and I can't help but notice, but uh, Fading Light seems to be the only track that doesn't have lyrics uploaded. And I'm wondering, was that uh, intentional? Was that an oversight? <laughs> is that a... Is there a mystery to this song? <laughs> it's probably an oversight. Um, also, I think that's... So that was the first single we put out, and I think okay. I just never went back and, like... I think I added lyrics to everything and must have just missed that because it... That's fair. <laughs> yeah. There's Transition a lot of um, to, early REM yeah. influence on that album, and I think that kind of bleeds through. Where we right on. Yeah, you, yeah, it's it's all, like... like uh, you don't know what the lyrics are. Yeah, yeah. Michael Stipe stuff. Well, I'm gonna tell you, just figure it out. Uh, so for the, the, the curious like myself who would go in and read along to the lyrics and can't for this track, uh, what do you want to call out about? Like, what, what's the, the track about? What's the, what's the, the vibe, the message? Um, I mean, it's definitely like, uh, I feel like it has a sense of place. Like, I, I like songs that like call out certain locations. So it's like, there's the line about taking the last train to Philly. Um, just like riding subways and stuff and the train and um it's like walking down the street and yeah like i don't i don't know it's it's tough because like it's been so long since i that was the first one we were kind of i was writing that like as we were finishing recording the last one okay so um that kind of feels like it was like the the midpoint or like the transitional song between like our last album, which was called Wax Nostalgic and this one. So it kind of has like pieces from both um, in my brain. So I don't know. But I, I, what I did get, uh, pick up on was uh, just a really good sense of storytelling and the, the way that you, you know, talk specifically about events like, you know, taking that last train to Philly and about calling attention to, locations um mm. it it's uh, i i love good storytelling in in songwriting and it really comes through here yeah i appreciate that yeah it's like a and it's like a re, like a relationship thing and it's like moving like through a relationship like as you're because there's like you go to the store you go to this you go to that you take the last train and uh the light will go down but it holds it together i don't know nice yeah i think that that storytelling it probably really influenced the uh like the tom petty energy that i felt too because he's uh, of course a, a phenomenal storyteller in his songwriting um yeah i think that that makes sense so that i think that definitely comes through in, in in fading light as well and the um the the elephant in the room who doug refuses to talk about but uh <laughs> Bruce Springsteen <laughs> is like my my biggest yeah um, your biggest fan he, uh, yes <laughs> and um the like boss this, is a huge Tisbury's fan yes yeah, he it's is tough. it's the jersey in my blood um <laughs> he uh this the sal the solo on that song was supposed to be a saxophone solo and we couldn't get a 
a Clarence Clemens type person to play it. Mm-hmm. So John did the Thin Lizzy uh, harmonized guitars, which is also cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Springsteen's Springsteen and Petty are like my favorites. Now, now, Doug, why won't you talk about uh, Springsteen? <laughs> I have to know. <laughs> um, okay, so if any of this comes, how much time do we have? Like, yeah, <laughs> just <laughs> as much as you want. You can cut anything out if it comes off really badly for the band. Right? We're gonna send it directly to to Bruce. Okay, I'll just go into the bit then. Um, <laughs> Here we I'm, go. I'm not a boss baby, so it's kind of <laughs> tough for me to relate. Uh, he's not the boss of me now, but he's not that big, but life's unfair. Um, I'll just stop there because I can go on for two minutes. But I, I, I kind of want you to, though, actually. Yes. <laughs> he's, been, he's been prepping a bit ever since uh, we were going to start a podcast called Your Taste is Terrible. No. And just Doug just shits on Bruce Springsteen for no. four five minutes. Well, it was different <laughs> things that people loved. And that just happened to be an episode pilot, you know? Yeah. Okay. And I, it's just, I don't, it's not for me. Um, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. I think I, that's probably all I should. You know, I'm I'm with you, Doug. Actually, I'm not a huge Springsteen fan myself. Like, I, I certainly respect the guy and, and what he's done, and and his importance in uh, in music and his importance to New Jersey. Obviously, um, you know, he's had a phenomenal long career. He surrounded himself with amazing musicians. He's a great songwriter. But yeah, I'm his music never really spoke to me. And something I realized a few years ago is the way most people that I know you know, like Bruce Springsteen's like the guy for them. Like that's Elvis Costello for me. Like Elvis Costello is my Bruce Springsteen. Um, so I'm curious, Doug, do you have a, a, a Bruce Springsteen replacement of your own? Like someone that isn't very good. <laughs> a musician that, I'm sorry. You, um, are you now shitting on Costello? Cause I will come over there. No, all right, all right. I think Elvis Costello is great. I, that that's just, uh, Who's but your Elvis Costello, Doug? Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, Elvis Presley. No, uh, absolutely not. I guess maybe Les Claypool. That feels trite kind of saying, <laughs> but he was really okay. cool. And then maybe Dean or Gene Ween. I was going to say, I, I bet you Doug says Ween. One I am Ween's. wearing a Ween shirt. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. Nice. I, I don't know that I've ever considered Les Claypool to be in the same, like stratosphere as as costello or springsteen but uh you know i I guess he is like to me they're they're like costello and springsteen are both like very prolific you know artists like they've put out more music than anyone could possibly listen to um and i guess uh i mean les claypool's put out a lot of stuff so i guess that that kind of tracks i mean i feel like when you say springsteen that kind of is like who is chronicling the lives of you know everyday people okay claypool is kind of that aspect maybe for the west coast okay okay all right i see that definitely uh you mentioned the west coast are you from the west coast or um spiritually okay (laughs) no uh no i was born in the suburbs of philadelphia oh nice and yeah caleb and i both spent uh, a little over a year living out in the san francisco bay area so we had a little west coast experience if you can call it that so am I making Sweet. like an accurate statement about Les Claypool? <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know that Les Claypool is really singing about the plight of the San Francisco Bay Area tech workers so much, uh, <laughs> which is kind of the scene that Caleb and I were involved in. Um, but, uh, but you know, I, I definitely see his like, you know, it, it, I, I'm not admittedly not very familiar with his work, but um, the stuff I do know is, it, you know, it definitely seems like it's very like, you know, every man kind of stories and so so i definitely you know i see that for sure and i I will say just merely from a technical standpoint the man plays better than i ever will so yeah oh i mean mean, he's like the (laughs) king of slap bass right like no one no one can touch that but it's important not to try and play like him too much because too many bass players just want to be less cleepful and imagine that in every tisbury song where it's like okay guys oh god it would be so bad yeah (laughs) Yeah. that's like that's how it starts every song and then tyler's like wait maybe if you pull it out just for the verse he's he's such a he has such a specific sound that's like it like it works for him but nobody else (laughs) it's so true it's it's almost funk, but then it's not. Uh, like I don't know, it's it's it toes a line, 
Uh, but yeah, it, it does work for his style and like basically no one else. <laughs> but for the Tisburys, I think yeah. maybe we were talking about that and Tyler rapping in more songs. Yeah, we were saying things. what Chili Peppers song should we cover? And I was like, as long as it's not one of the rapping ones, because no one needs to hear me rap ever. Um, so, so which one did you settle on? Which one we'll be hearing in the live session? I think yeah. we said, <laughs> yeah, we're doing Can't Stop. Um, it's going to be great. Isn't, isn't that one of the rapping ones? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I will say that has, I mean, it's probably one of the more straightforward ones, but it also was one of my favorite uh, Chili Peppers bass lines. It's uh, good. It's a good one. It's, it's catchy as hell. <laughs> yeah. It really is. But uh, we're definitely not here to talk about the Chili Peppers, I hope. Um, <laughs> Just so, a little. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, we've got one more song we want to talk about before we go into the break. Uh, and that is the actual, actually, the second song on the record, which is Worthy Adversary. Very Chili Peppers influence. Um, <laughs> no, it's, uh, I would say this one's way more like, uh, I guess, like Strokes or R. like R. Guided R. by Voices E. Um, just like kind of crunchy, chunky. Um, like minor key mm-hmm. punk rock song, like post punk thing. I don't know. Um, but it, and I like a lot of hold steady too. Like I've, I, I really love like the, like I think Doug said Fontaine's DC earlier mm-hmm. and um, like that kind of talky singy thing, like Jonathan Richmond, modern lovers, like that definitely had a part to do with it. Um, and Doug, are you frozen? I think we lost yeah, Doug. Totally um, it's great. <laughs> I thought Doug's like, huh. <laughs> um, but oh, damn. yeah, uh, hold, st- <laughs> hold steady. And then REM was the other big one for this song, which was like, like when Michael Stipe kind of speaking of the rapping, we're back on Tyler rap. I mean, this is, this is, as, cl- <laughs> this is as close as I'll get is like kind of the rhythmic um, delivery of this song. Yeah, okay. Uh, but so- it's it's not specifically that I, I I think it sounds like it, but I, I, I totally blame hearing this song elsewhere in other media throughout the last couple of weeks for it being in my head. But when the song starts playing, my brain immediately jumps to Bonnie Tyler. I need a hero. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Do, That's do, a good do, one. Do, do, yeah. do. <laughs> it's got that, that same kind of like early intensity that it's like building, building, building. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, does it have a similar like that minor like yeah. descending progression yeah. that yeah. kind of goes? Yeah. 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 But it's Which, like that or like, again, like high energy Tom Petty. It's like a fast last dance with Mary Jane or uh, mm-hmm. whatever the, the yeah, track is actually called. Yeah. Or um, <laughs> Danny California. Bring, yeah. it, all, bring <laughs> it back. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm trying to think of what a last uh, a fast uh, last dance with Mary Jane would be. Would it be like a last slam dance with Mary Jane? Is that is that a that, is last that a thing? skank with Mary Jane? Yeah, like, oh, okay. Take the tempo and pick it up. Yeah. God damn it. Also, what a fucking creepy video that is. Have y'all have y'all seen that the video for last dance with Mary Jane? I actually have not. Burns uh, the house down. It's basically he's dancing with a corpse. Yeah. It's weird. Oh. Yeah. That is weird. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I like that. Yeah. It's well, very is it weird. Figurative because was that a song that was collected for their greatest hits? You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's yeah. kind of talking about time with the heartbreakers, possibly. I I always took it because it's Mary Jane. I always took it as like, you know, quitting smoking pot kind of mm-hmm. is what it seemed like to me. Um, it's a PSA about how marijuana will kill. Yeah. But then of course in the video he's dancing with a corpse that it presumably is named Mary Jane and it's very weird. Yeah. I, I saw Tom Petty at you know, I only saw him once and oh, it was so at Firefly, jealous. maybe in like twenty thirteen, I think he played. Um and me and my friend, uh my friend rolled two joints and said, When Tom Petty goes on, we're gonna smoke the first one. And then when he plays Mary Jane's Last Dance, we're gonna play. We're gonna smoke the second one, and we expected it to be like towards the end, and uh, it was like the second or third song. <laughs> oh, no. So um, we were like super baked throughout the all of Tom Petty's set. Um, it was great. Nothing wrong it, with it that. It was like amazing. But um, I, yeah, I'm so jealous. I I I Tom Petty's one person I'm, I really regret not making the time to see before before he passed. Mm-hmm. Um, what a just phenomenal performer and songwriter. Speaking uh, of very good, you have to introduce us to this dog. Yes. This is Ziggy. 
Siggy. Um, okay. He, he's on the podcast now. <laughs> um, Yay. Named after, uh, named after David Bowie himself. Excellent. Um, Excellent. And uh, yeah, he's, uh, it's just me and him this weekend. Uh, Kathleen's out of town. <laughs> you, can, you can cut that. Out. No. no, 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 no. We're always, we're always here for a dog. Yeah. Dogs um, always make the podcast. Yeah. What, uh, um, what what kind of dog is he? He's a hundred percent mutt. Um, awesome. We rescued him like when everything shut down, and uh, he's he's a handful in a good way, is what I say. He's just got a lot of energy, and um, and so he looks very playful. He's a sweetheart. Yeah. Yes. Nice. Uh, well, why don't we go ahead and hear where the adversary. And we'll take a quick break, hear from our sponsor. When we come back, we'll talk about a few more tracks off of the Tisbury's album, Sun Goes Down. So stay tuned. Action stations, action stations, set condition one throughout the podcast. I'm your host, an SC1 actual, Caleb. I'm your host, an XO, Kitsy. I'm your host, Andrea, and I don't know what any of that means. Welcome to set condition one. 
a Battlestar Galactica fancast. Each week, we revisit, and I watch for the first time, the 2004 sci-fi series Battlestar Galactica. Whether you're the commander of a soon-to-be decommissioned battleship, or unexpectedly promoted to president of the 12 colonies, join us as we make our way through the Battlestar Galactica universe, one episode at a time. I still don't know what you're talking about. Set Condition 1, a Night Shift Radio production. New episodes every week at Condition one throughout the podcast.com. Now that I understand. Still listening to Left of the Dial. I am still Kitsy. Caleb is still unfadable. Can't can't do it. Can't be done. And uh, we're still talking with Tyler and Doug of the Tisburys about their new album or greatest album, Sun Goes Down. And the song you just heard coming back in from the break was Back to California. California is like this mythical place, right? We were yeah. just talking about uh, you guys spent some time there, obviously. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went there. Spent spent some time there about two or three years ago and just like loved it and uh, it's like a fun place to write about and um, total like it's funny the Tisburys there's like this whole world of like power pop th- things mm-hmm. um, and uh, we kind of get put into that sometime and I think sometimes it fits and sometimes it's not it doesn't mm-hmm. like because that's such a weird term what yeah. does power um, pop mean just for maybe people that are older that are listening to podcasts. I mean, I'm thinking people that are older would know it better than people that are younger. Okay, um, maybe a younger person could explain it. Yeah. Um, I guess, I mean, if it comes out of like the lineage of like the Beatles or the Beach Boys or Big Star, however you want to like define power pop, whatever. But um, <laughs> you're not defining it. I've always just kind of pictured it as like this nebulous uh, zone between like, a little bit too rocking to be pop, but a little bit too poppy to be rock. Yeah, and okay, not yeah, and not quite pop punk. Yeah, like yeah, not it's like the same side beats. of the. It's like <laughs> the other side of the pop punk coin, right? Yeah. Um, so it's and, like if you if you take if you take more of the punk out of pop punk, and focus yeah. more on the pop. So, mm-hmm. and yeah, the melodies and like the style singing's like different. Like Elvis Costello is like one of the like. We yeah. brought Elvis up earlier. Yeah. He's like one of the godfathers of the whole power pop new wave thing. And I think this song, Back to California, is kind of like trying to do that um, with like like fast Beach Boys. Right? Yeah. So there's a, a danciness to it, but it's mm-hmm. still a rock song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
like it's I, I think the the most straightforward way to explain it and that still doesn't even <laughs> do it <Yeah>. justice <laughs> yeah and it's like it's just like trying to write a catchy melody and then just me trying to squeeze too many words into like one phrase to try and tell a story in under two minutes so best way to do it yeah uh, and it's it's two minutes and thirteen seconds, so you, you I missed my mark. You yep. he almost he almost got Failure. it. You're yeah. close. Uh, so I'm curious. We we've talked about a lot of different influences and a lot of different genres today. Where would you place the Tisberries in in the uh, in kind of the genre spectrum? Would you say power pop? Would you say you know rock? Would you say pop punk? Like what what would where where would you put it? I'm curious what Doug would say. Yeah, because now that I'm learning about this power pop genre. It kind of feels like it could fit. I mean, it's a lot of alternative stuff. I think Americana rock fits a lot of it because the Tom Petty thing, I mm-hmm. think, is yeah. the easiest thing because I'm not going to make other comparisons. But, yeah, <laughs> I would say Americana rock, but we are in that power pop stuff now, especially the electronic stuff that we're doing on the new album. Yeah, I think it's constantly changing. Like we were just talking, we were practicing last night for Left of the Dial, and we were talking oh, about songs. Oh, we appreciate songs. that. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, we were talking about songs from our first like EP that we put out in 2015 or something, and it was like that stuff was very like folky Americana, like alt country, alt country stuff, like uh, old 97s and stuff like that. And then it kind of it's constantly changing. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see where we can take it. Like it's genre is dead, right? It doesn't yeah. even matter anymore. So, um, yeah. the, I, I love that you mentioned alt country too. Uh, there was a, a band a while back that was kind of in this, like sort of like alt country revival in like the mid two thousands called Limbeck. And, uh, some of the like the the stylistic uh, approach that they had to their songwriting, uh, I hear like not necessarily as an influence, but as like a parallel, like probably influenced and in, like taking the same approaches, uh, mm. you know, influenced by the same things. Uh, so I think that that's cool to hear. Yeah, what was the name of that band? Limbeck. Limbeck. I'll look them up. That sounds like my kind of stuff. I, you know, just listening to this record, you'd probably would dig. Yeah, you know, Cotton Mather. Mm-hmm. That's that's my stuff right okay. there. Like that okay. weird like record store alt country <laughs> power pop stuff. That's literally what the Tisbury says. I dig it. So, I dig it. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out why Limbeck rings a bell for me. Caleb, did, did we do an episode on them? Did you like sneak one in there? We did not, but like I mean, maybe I've talked about them at some point or another. Possibly. I don't know. Um they had a what was it? Um, High everything's great in two thousand three is uh, the record that I would point huh. you to. It's the one that like when I'm thinking about tracks by them, it's it's from that. Um, but I mean, maybe at some point or another, I've made a comparison to them in the the past. Um, it's just one of those bands that I completely forget about until one day I'm like, oh yeah, I should listen to that. <laughs> nice, nice. But you know, again, it's that it's the the alt country. It's storytelling. It's moving from place to place and just kind of describing what you're what you're seeing, what you're doing, why you're there. Uh, that that kind of feel to it. Uh, and the, dumb, catchy songs. Yeah, which is exactly. like all I care about. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of catchy songs, next one on your list was uh, "Young and Decent." Life is long. But it ain't long enough I hope that we can figure out What's the deal with that sweet stuff Oh yeah We got a whole Lot more work to do But if you wanna come close Well, it's not up to you
Yeah, so this is actually the only song on this album that I didn't write. So John wrote this Wait, song. Wait, is I, that true? Because I heard that maybe someone co-wrote. There's some co-write like lyrical things on like a couple of different songs. Like um, back, back to California? Which Kathleen came up with like a couple lines for, yes. But like uh, Young and Decent was like 100% written by John and like he brought the song. He's like, I tried to, I ghost wrote a song for you for the Tisburys. And um, he, he originally sent me a demo for the song. It was called, um, he didn't have a name for it. It was just called Young Wilco Decent. Um, it was the, the file name. Okay. And so I, I took it and we like re kind of wrote everything to maybe fit us a little better. And we called it, uh, I changed the title to Young and Decent. Um, and, but it's total Wilco. Um, especially that solo in there is like Nels Kleine and, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's nice to like kind of get out of your own head too. Like I, we're working on a, we're working on like a new EP or album. I don't even know what it's called yet. Um, but we have, we're working on a song Doug wrote that, uh, is, I'm very excited about too. So awesome. trying to keep everything collaborative throughout this record, the, the, the tones that y'all are getting are, are really good. And I think that like, it, the you you mentioned the the solo and like stylistically how it stands out, but just the sounds of that that bridge are just absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, there's like some like really like loopy like synthy things going mm-hmm. on that are really cool. Um, and I think that was all John. He actually did all of his stuff remotely for like I said he lives in Brooklyn. Yeah, and um, we he never came to Justin's house where we tracked this album so he would just send us stuff and uh we'd be like hanging out in justin's like living room slash mixing room yeah and he would like just like plop the stuff from google drive into like the the pro tool session Mm -hmm. and it was just like this like like that uh really cool synth line and we were I just remember turning around and Dan like stood up and was like, what is happening? Like, this is the coolest thing. He's like, where did this come from? But, um, it was, it was really fun, uh, to see it come together. That's Um, awesome. Yeah. Like recording in a distributed manner like that is, is difficult, but like to hear it come together, like when you like, you don't have those chances to like, to be in the same room, practicing, writing the parts and like really solidifying the feel. But then like, you hear it all put together like this works really well. Yeah. That's a good feeling. Magic. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta love that magic. Uh, I've done a few kind of like remote tracking sessions here in my studio for, for a few different people. And it's always, it's always interesting to like take something someone else is producing and like pull it up and then just like, okay, now I'm going to put my stamp on this. Like, it's, I don't know, it's, it's kind of a weird feeling, but then to send it back and get like, oh yeah, that's exactly what I had in mind. And like, it's always feels so good. Yeah. It like completely turns like the writing process on its head too. Cause mm-hmm. you like, don't know where, like you're not sitting in a room together. You're not like kind of coaching each other on like how it's going to turn out. So right. you kind of are left up to your own devices and like you're in your own head, which is like a good thing and a bad thing, but, um, it leads to unexpected cool stuff. So, Yeah. Yeah, the um, the the limited experience I have with with doing that with with recording remotely, it's it's such a strange experience because they're so used to like at least one other person is there, and mm-hmm. like you can tell me if I fucked up, I can stop <laughs> and like not do the whole thing and have to do it again. Like, well, we'll, we'll fix this part, or uh, whatever, or like you. Know, I, I think this sounds really cool, but then I, I don't know until someone else hears it and tells me like, no, that sucks. Like, do it this way instead. Or, like, you know, it's the yeah, getting out of your own head. Uh, yeah. It's tough because that's why you go to the studio because you have that other person to be like, okay, that's a good take. Yep. Let's yep. move on. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, you're, you're you know, getting that perfectionist state of like, I can do it better. It's not good enough. And then yeah. you look down, it's four in the morning. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't know anything about that. <laughs> but the the real test is do you keep every take and hope that there's you know something worth piecing together or do you keep deleting the bad ones because you know you're going to get that perfect one <laughs> i mean i never delete anything <laughs> yeah nothing if your computer can handle it yeah i'm guilty of both <laughs> that's yeah whenever, whenever i work with people sometimes they'll be like oh just delete that one i'm like nope 
<laughs> we might want it later. You never know. Yeah, I'm, I'm a I'm a data hoarder. I guess is the the technical term for that. I'll send eight tracks, but the last one will be labeled track. You know, take thirty seven. Yeah, <laughs> so, like I'm somewhere in the middle. Like I delete the ones I know are bad, but there's someone like eh, that's probably salvageable as long as this part right here is good in this other. If it fits in, <laughs> <laughs> as long I, as you can punch it. I actually my my never delete anything policy even goes so far as like I have every scrap of audio from this podcast ever recorded <laughs> stored uh, on a drive somewhere. Like I I don't delete anything, um, even stuff that gets cut just like, gets moved to the end of the project and like it's still there. Uh, yeah, nothing nothing has ever been deleted. <laughs> Which is fine when you need to like suddenly and spontaneously do a clip show because you have to cancel at the last minute because of a family emergency, <laughs> raising my hand because that happened. <laughs> yeah, and having that extra audio to throw together as like an outtakes episode uh, was very helpful. So yes, <laughs> there you go. Uh, anyway, enough about the technical behind the scenes details of this podcast. Um, y'all have one more song left in the list that you gave us, but before we talk about it. Uh, I'd love to know, is there anything else coming up you want to plug? Any Obviously, you all are, have uh, another band, Riverbee, that uh, we, we love as well. And uh, Doug, I believe you have a band that, that you front as well, don't you? Yeah, that's true. Um, I put out an album in April of this year just because not playing shows with Tisberries and Riverbee during that year and a half quarantine was pretty difficult. I bet. So, yeah, I had to fill a void, so yeah. I recorded an album, and I got some great local musicians that I look up to uh, from all across the scene to back me up nice. and, you know, put together an album that I'm really proud of. And what's that yeah. album called? Uh, Broom Room or How I Learned to Stop Caring and Love the Boss. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, the I is not always the author. I think that's an important <laughs> distinction to make. It's um, a character piece. I see. Yeah. I see. A character learning to love Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> and uh, and if someone wanted to to check that out, where could they find it? Uh, Bandcamp, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, every streaming service that uh, CD Baby puts it on. I have found it, and we'll link it in the show notes. Excellent. Oh, <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> uh, and I mean, it seems like y'all are everywhere. Is there anything else? Uh, any other bands that y'all are 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 secretly part of that we don't know about yet um uh, i started not... an album yesterday uh for a band that tyler will also be in uh <laughs> you know different, but, different yeah. from the band that you just put out the album for <sighs> earlier slightly slightly <laughs> because the songwriter that i'm co-writing it with is my old collaborator that i've known since sixth grade and yeah so we're doing that too nice nice yeah. we look forward to that as well Keeping busy yeah. is all you can do. I was just talking to someone uh, earlier today, and we were like, uh, he, he said to me, uh, Tisbury's and Riverby, like, you guys just kept going when everything was shut down. It was like, what else could, like, yeah. he, he said he saw so many bands, like, kind of drop off and, like, disappear or just, like, not, just, like, kind of put it on the back burner or whatever, but, like, we just, like... I felt like collectively we're like, we just need to keep pushing, mm-hmm. keep doing stuff, keep recording, keep writing. And um, yeah, it's been, it's been going great. We're going to Cleveland to record the next Riverbee album in like a month. That's awesome. So, yeah. Very excited for that as well. So I'm sure we'll have mm-hmm. you back on once that happens. That would be great. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, hopefully we can have you have Riverbee back in for uh, a Left of the Dial Live this time with everyone in the band. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Definitely. <laughs> Yeah, I'm so disappointed in Dan. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. He was actually sick. Yeah, he's an incredible drummer. And yeah, no, nice it's not like he, he was in pretty rough shape. So, yeah. Uh, and for those of you who might not know, what we're talking about Riverbee actually did our very first Left of the Dial live, which you can find uh, on our YouTube channel by going to Left of the Dial dot live, uh, and you can see that session where uh, Riverbee played as a three piece sans drummer, and it was still very very good, uh, even without the drums. But uh, I'm excited that uh, y'all will be here with your drummer this time uh, as the Tisburys. Uh, and that's tomorrow. If you're listening to this the day it comes out, it's tomorrow. If you're listening to it the day after it comes out, it's today. So hurry up. <laughs> get over to leftofthedial.live. That'll take you to our YouTube channel. And you can see the the live stream. That's, co- that's going to be at 8 p.m. Eastern U.S. time. 
Uh, we're very excited for that. And of course, if you miss it, don't fret because we will release it in a couple weeks uh, via Bandcamp and Spotify and Apple Music and all those places, and then also on our YouTube channel as well. So if you can't make the the live performance, do not worry. You'll still get to see it. Uh, yeah, I think that's all all the plugging we have to do, yeah? Did I miss anything? Yeah. Cool. Well, then let's talk about uh, the last track in your your list that you gave us, which is uh, In the Moonlight, which I believe is the second to last track uh, on the record. And it's actually, it looks like it's In the Moonlight and then in parentheses, Fade number three. Yes. So um, I think I said this near the top when we were talking about Fade Away, but um, uh, when my we originally had this like as a six song EP or something, and then everything shut down. I had like a creative burst and like, um, I, this was one of the, this is actually the last song I ended up writing. And like, I kind of can see it's fade number three because it, there's kind of like a spiritual, this is like some, my dumb brain shit. No, this is but, great. Uh, um, this, I was hoping away, for fade, this story. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> fade away, fading light and in the moonlight kind of like, are like a little trilogy thing that kind of are spread out along the record. Okay. And I just love albums that do stuff like that. So same, um, like Titus Andronicus or like, uh, I don't know, like little in like themes that kind of pop up here and there. Like it's not a concept album, but like there's concepty parts to it, but, yeah. uh, it just adds that extra layer of like things that I obsessed over with music where you, you just kind of want to dig in deeper and like inhabit the world, which is like, what makes music so important to me. So, um, I don't know. But yeah, it's, it's kind of like the big ending thing. And then there's the little, uh, guitar acoustic thing at the very end. So nice. Yeah. Um, Doug, <laughs> <laughs> it's a great track. The time signature is interesting and it happens to be our most streamed song on Spotify. Yeah, it's like kind of popped off a little bit, which is cool. Um, I don't know how, uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's a good one, and we're definitely doing this one for Left of the Dial. Awesome. Um, we're gonna and we kind of stretch it out a little bit, like kind of jam a little bit on the end, oh, which hell is yeah. fun. Nice to do. Like kind of, I love when bands do that. So, um, yeah, it's that six eight feel. It's like different than all the all the rest of the songs on the record. Yeah, um, and like kind of singing up. It's like a. Um, Definitely like a Walkman or... It's the most arcade fiery, at least yeah, to me. Yeah, that too. Okay. Um, yeah. That makes sense. I was going to say, there's, almost, like, there's a little bit of like a, an atmospheric, like, kind of a spacey feel to it, but that, mm -hmm. that comparison makes sense. <laughs> yeah. little art rock stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. I can't wait to see that played live. It's going to be fun. It's going to be real it's fun. Yeah. Uh, which, once again, leftofthedial.live to head to our YouTube channel. Uh, if you're listening to this the day it comes out or the day after, you still have time. Uh, if you're after that, then depends how late you are. If you're more than like two weeks after that, then hey, it's probably up on a YouTube channel. So head there anyway. <laughs> Just go watch it. Yeah. I, I don't know when you're listening to this. I'm not in charge of your life. Yeah. <laughs> we'll all be there. We'll all, we'll all be there. Come hang out with us. Left the dial dot live. Uh, cool. Well, hey guys, if people wanted to find you online, uh, where would they go? I presume you have some social media and a Bandcamp page and all that stuff. Yeah, it's I think Band, it's t just tisburys.bandcamp.com. Yep. And, and then um, the Twitter and the Instagram are both at the underscore tisburys, T-I-S-B-U-R-Y-S. And cool. um, Spotify, all the streaming things. Um, and then, yeah, go listen to Riverby and Dub Subs too. Just the the greater cinematic universe of love it, <laughs> excellent. All of our excellent. all of our exploits. Well, guys, thank you so much for for joining us talking about your record. It's been an absolute pleasure, uh, as yeah. always, to to, yeah. to hang out with you guys. Uh, and yeah, we're gonna hear in the moonlight off of the sun goes down by the Tisburys to take us out. And yeah, left of dial live dot live. Go to that. It'll be left of the dial dot live. Wait. Yeah, Don't. thanks so much for having us. Yeah, thanks. thank you for coming. This has been Left of the Dial. I have been Kitsy. Caleb has been Koi. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back next week. Bye.